this morning for our lives. So thankful this morning for the privilege and the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord with you on this Sunday morning. And we are thankful for the faithfulness of God in our lives as well as yours today. Those that's going to class, feel free to do so at this time. Those in the sanctuary with us this morning, we're just going to jump right into the Word today. If you have your Bibles with you, 2 Chronicles chapter number 5 is where we will be in just a few moments if you want to begin to turn there. 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. And we will dive in together this morning. I'm going to do my best to deliver to you this morning that which the Lord has placed in our heart for our time together today. Don't get nervous by the book of notes that I have, uh, but uh, we're going to continue uh, in the area that we have been traveling for the last few weeks, and I will just catch us up to speed here in just a moment. Uh, but if the Lord would help me today, I would like to minister on this thought in this season of time, very prophetic season that we find ourselves in. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments today, I'm just going to simply uh, speak on lift up your voice today. How many knows that there's power in sound today? And at the very beginning of our time this morning, allow me to say this to you, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that a silenced church is a defeated church and therefore you and I cannot be in a place of silence today but we must be that which God has ordained and called us to be in this season and in this time we know that on September the 18th we entered into a time of Rosh Hashanah or the Feast of Trumpets we ministered on that we talked about that for a little while and I believe that the significance of that cannot be overstated. And we know that according to early tradition during that time, that uh, it is believed uh, and it is taught that it is last standing before the Lord and the Lord examines uh, his people. And it is taught and it is believed by the Jewish people that it is in that time that your name is either found written down in the book of life or... It is a time where he judges the wicked, but we know that from Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur, which was Monday, that they believe that it is that time frame or that window where you can repent and you can find yourself being written down in the book of life. But if you choose to rebel, it is a time where the Lord begins to bring judgment to you in the following year. We know that it is believed that one of the most significant things about Rosh Hashanah is that of the blowing of the shofar. Uh, that's why it is called the Feast of Trumpets. And with the blowing of the shofar, it is believed that it is a time when heaven and earth come together. It is also believed to be a time where actually it confuses Satan himself. And we know that David says this in Psalms 89, 15, that blessed is the people that know the sound of the shofar. Uh, is what that passage says. So I believe that at the sounding of the beginning of the new year, because uh, Rosh Hashanah simply means the head of the year, it's the time of the new Jewish calendar. We find that as they have entered a new year, uh, that it gives birth into 
what I called last week was the final blast, which is the Day of Atonement or the Day of Yom Kippur. Uh, it is in that time and in that season, we know that it is a season and a window of opportunity for, for us to self-examine, and it is a time of repentance. We know that Yom Kippur throughout Scripture was the Day of Atonement where the high priest would go in behind the veil into the Holy of Holies, and he would sprinkle blood up on the Ark of the Covenant for the sins of the nation of Israel, and it would cover their sins until the following year where the same process was repeated again. We know that Yom Kippur in uh, Rosh Hashanah is the two high holy days of Israel. We know that Yom Kippur is considered to be the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. It is believed that throughout that time and that season of ceremonies that the Lord visits them in a very unique and special way. Much of, I could tell you much, but I won't re-preach that message this morning, but one of the things that I did share with you last week, and I stand very firmly upon it, is I believe, and as I stood here last week and I shared with you, I, I shared that I believe that as we leave Yom Kippur and while we transition, which we went into on Friday uh, by the Jewish calendar, is we went into the time of the Feast of Tabernacles. And we now are in that for the next few days, October the 3rd through October the 9th of this year. And I made a statement that I believe that during the Feast of Tabernacles it will be a time of celebration because I do believe that the church of Jesus Christ is exiting out of a wilderness. Now, you may ask why is that important, is when you begin to look at the Feast of Tabernacles, and I'm not going to get too far into it today because I want to take us someplace else, but the Feast of Tabernacles is a time where the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, remembers their deliverance from the land of Egypt. It is a time also where it is a reflection of their 40 years of wilderness uh, journey before they went into the land of promise. It is a time where they reflect and they remember uh, the faithfulness of God, the provision of God, and His unwavering care for them and His miraculous provision for them. And most of us are familiar with the story of the children of Israel uh, as they're on that particular journey. But we also know that it symbolizes more than just that. And I will, the significance of it, if you wanted to really dive in and read about the Feast of Tabernacles, you can find it in Exodus 23, Exodus 34. You also can read of it in Leviticus 23. And Nehemiah references in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 13 through 18 as well. It is twofold is why it is still honored today. Number one, uh, it is honored because it was a feast that the Lord commanded. So therefore, they, uh, they still do it till this day, and they're in the middle of it right now. There's two reasons for it, though. First of all, it is considered to be their Thanksgiving season, where ours will be in a few weeks, where we just uh, enter into a time of being thankful for the things of God. Right now, the Jewish people, uh, according to tradition, uh, are currently celebrating and giving God thanks for a successful year as far as agriculture goes. Therefore, they're thankful for their harvest, and they're continuing to celebrate that. But also, the, bi the biblical revelation of of this significance is the historical feast, which is what which I just told you, their deliverance from Egypt, as well as the protection, provision, and the cares by the hand of God throughout their wilderness journey. It is celebrated, however, by the people of Israel leaving their homes and going into temporary, very small structures uh, that has a little bit of 
grass uh, on the top of it for a shelter. And for many years, they would stay in that uh, during this time of feast. Now, because of the things of culture changing, it can be considered uh, some people still stay in them during the Feast of Tabernacles. But they say that it's sufficient enough now if you just build one of them and you go in and you eat your meals inside of them. And so you can get on with your day-to-day life. But we find that it's very significant in this season that it is a time of remembrance. It's a time of reflecting. And sometimes all of us are guilty of just being a little too busy. And I'd like for you this morning just to let your mind drift just for a moment, not too far because then you won't listen to me preach. But if you let your mind just drift back just for a little bit, you don't have to go very far till you begin to see the hand of God has been moving on your behalf. And if it's not, if we're not careful, we get so busy doing what we do every day that we began to not live a life of gratitude or thankfulness. And therefore, we find ourselves missing the opportunities to commune with him. And therefore, that's why I believe it's very significant in the time of the Feast of Tabernacles to just pause and say, Lord, I do truly thank you for that which you have done and been in my life. But we find that in Scripture, Jesus and the Feast of the Tabernacles is together. It's something that he celebrated in his earthly life as he was here. And we find that it is during the Feast of Tabernacles in in, in the Bible that we read daily, uh, we find that there was two important ceremonies that was conducted during this season. The Hebrew people would always carry torches around the temple and illuminating bright lights along the walls of the temple to to demonstrate that the Messiah would be the light unto the Gentiles. We also know that the priest would draw water from the pool of Siloam and they would carry it into the temple where it was placed in a silver basin beside the altar. Now, the priest then would call upon the Lord to provide heavenly water in the form of rain for their supply. But also it is believed during this ceremony, according to certain records, uh, that the people look forward to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit during this significant time during the year. Some records reference the day spoken of by the prophet Joel. It was believed that they would say that that was the time frame in which that was going to take place and transpire. However, in New Testament scripture, Jesus attended the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the last day of the feast, if you was to read John 7, 37 and 38, you would find that it says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whosoever believeth in me, as the scripture has said, the streams of living water would flow where? From without his belly. Now we find he also says on the next morning after the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, there was one that was brought to heal that was found in adultery. But this is what he said to that particular person. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, uh, but will have the light of life. So we find that when you begin to enter in to the time of the Feast of Tabernacles, it's not a time of darkness, it's not a time of doom and gloom, but it is a time where the illuminating light of Jesus Christ is brought to the forefront where there can begin to be an absolute change or shift in the current situation. Now, now that's my introduction, and now we're going to get to the message this morning, all right? Second Chronicles chapter number 5 is a time uh, when 
we are in the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, uh, Solomon has just now completed building the house of the Lord. Nothing has ever been built on this scale before. Nothing has ever been arrayed in the manner that this has been arrayed. Uh, we find that the people are in all uh, of the temple that has just been built. This particular temple, it was in the heart of David, Solomon's father, to build it. But the Lord did not permit him to. But the Lord said, it is good enough that it's in your heart but your son will be the one because you have shed too much blood but your son is going to be able to build a house unto me so now after years of labor we come to second chronicles chapter number five beginning in verse number one and we begin to read where it says the following thus all the work that solomon made for the house of the lord was finished and Solomon brought in all the things that David his father had dedicated and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel. He brought them to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. And they brought up the ark and the tabernacles of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, these did the priest and the Levites bring up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel that was assembled unto him before the ark, they sacrificed sheep and oxen which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place to the oracle of the house into the most holy place, even unto the wings of the cherubim. Then verse number 11. It says, And it come to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course, but also the Levites, which were the singers, uh, all of them of Asphah, of Heman, of Judith, with, the sons and their, with their sons and their brethren, been arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and parsleys and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. Uh, somebody say a blast this morning. I can't get it out of my spirit. I'm sorry. Just one more week of it, all right? And it come even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. For a few moments, I want us to look at verse number 13. It come to even pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one trump to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. We know today that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That has not changed, nor will it change. But when a nation begins to follow after the things of God and falls into a place of repentance, it is then that the Lord will favor that nation. But this morning, can I tell you, 
before the nation is ever going to turn back to God. It is going to take men and women of faith to once again walk in boldness, walk with courage, walk in a state where they refuse to be distracted and willingly and obediently lift up their voice unto the Lord. This is not a time to be silent, but this is a time to emerge uh, with a shout of triumph because can I tell you, if the enemy had his way, you would not be here today. If the enemy had his way, he would have done stole everything, killed everything, and destroyed everything. But you're still here because of the faithfulness of God uh, and because of that, you and I can stand uh, and we can rejoice uh, because he is faithful. Uh, this morning uh, it's not a time to be full of doom and gloom, uh, but Hebrews chapter 13 tells us uh, in verse number 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Uh, that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks uh, to his name. Uh, it's not enough to simply say Lord lay me down to sleep, I pray my soul to keep. Uh, but you and I today in this season if it's ever been a time uh, for us uh, to lift up our voice, uh, it is now. Uh, because can I tell you, the only thing uh, that brings the glory to the house of the Lord uh, is when men and women uh, begin to magnify his name. Uh, you find in, in Second Chronicles chapter number 5, uh, the building has been built. Uh, everything is happening. Uh, the presence of the Lord has been ushered in and put into the oracle of the house. Uh, everything is happening. The music is playing. The show far is blasting, uh, but there is nobody speaking. Uh, but it is in the moment when the people of Israel uh, began to lift up their voice uh, and they began to simply say, for he is good, uh, for his mercy endureth forever. Uh, it is then and only then uh, that the house was filled uh, with his glory. Uh, can I tell you today the American church is guilty uh, of being passive uh, and living in a place of complacency? Uh, and can I just be honest and real with you this morning uh, we have become very lazy uh, and we're wanting somebody else to lift up their voice on our behalf uh, but there will never be the feeling of this house with his glory uh, until you begin to lift up your voice uh, and begin to say for you are good uh, and your mercy uh, endures forever uh, I know the world's going crazy uh, I know everybody's fighting with everybody uh, I know things are dark and uncertain uh, but one thing is not uncertain, uh, and that is that Jesus Christ is sitting uh, on the right hand of the Father, uh, and he's making intercession for you and I. Uh, and we do not have to be fearful today uh, because his hand is not shortened that it cannot save, uh, but he is still able to reach down to wherever we may be, uh, and he can pull us up to a place uh, where we can walk in victory, uh, where we can walk in wholeness, uh, where we can walk in a manner uh, where we do not have have to look over our shoulder uh, because not only does he raise up a standard against our enemy uh, but he also surrounds us uh, and he protects us uh, he goes before us but yes he is on our right and on our left uh, this morning I've got to tell somebody uh, maybe I'm just talking to one uh, but somebody in this season of uncertainty uh, needs to just by faith lift up their voice uh, and say God you've been good to me uh, I'm not going in anywhere other than to your house to glorify your name. 
As we have entered into the Feast of Tabernacles, it is a time to, yes, remember just how good God has been. But you say, preacher, you don't know what I've been through or where I'm at. Can I tell you, all I know is that you're still here, and that means God's still been faithful uh, because the enemy would have already taken you out. Uh, But this morning, uh, I have to tell you uh, that there is an urgency in my spirit today uh, because I sense uh, that this is such a prophetic hour uh, that as the church begins to lift up its voice, uh, there is going to be a special visitation, uh, and there is getting ready to be a a coming out of a wilderness experience that we have known but I want to tell somebody this morning your best days isn't back there but our best days are in the present because he's still God and he's still moving and he's still doing on behalf of his people this morning we can go through the formalities if we choose and we can participate in all of the religious activities that we want uh, and we can still live lives of defeat uh, but when people begin to lift up their voice uh, it changes the atmosphere of the room allow me to remind you today that the Lord it is he that is good it is he that is loving it is he that is faithful the psalmist said this he said thy hands have made me and fashioned me Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. He went on to simply say, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. But let me remind you in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 10, it says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What does all of that mean? It means this, that we are to be a sounding voice of gratitude for the goodness of God. We are commanded in scriptures to make a joyful noise, but we cannot produce a sound of joy unless we are joyful. Sometimes the everyday struggles of life strips us of our joy but when you begin to look over your life it doesn't take too long to become joyful when you see the times and the seasons that God stepped in and did some amazing things anybody ever remember a time when you thought surely this is the death of me but you're still here you ever remember the time when it felt like the load was too heavy but you're still here. When you thought, I can't make it through this. This is too much. This is too difficult. But you're still here. Not because of your goodness. Not because of your talent. Not because of your own ability. But because of the faithfulness of God. So the question is, then why are we going to allow the enemy to silence our voice? in the most critical time of our lifetime. If we're not careful today, we walked into the house of God all across this nation and we had this in our mind. I hope that the preacher can give me something to make me feel better or I hope somebody can just take me into the presence of God. Can I tell you, you have to change that mindset this morning. You got to be the one that begins to say, for you are good and your mercy 
endures forever. If you all just begin to say that across this room, it would probably change the whole atmosphere of this room because some of you walked in here heavy today. I feel your weight. I, 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 I feel it this morning, but I come to tell you, bigger than your weight is the God that you serve, and he has not brought you this far to abandon you, but he brought you this far to say, listen, I'm still here, but if you'll lift up your voice in this prophetic season, I'm about to show myself mightily unto you. Can I tell you, this nation is about to go through transition like we have never seen uh, but the transition is going to begin in the house of the Lord and the house of the Lord is getting ready to come forth uh, there's full circle listen uh, last Sunday I believe and last Monday uh, at the end of Yom Kippur uh, with the sounding of the shofar and a long blast signifying uh, that this is now over uh, it transitioned us into a time uh, of the feast of tabernacles and on Friday uh, as they began to come into this season it was a time of, okay, God, uh, we've asked you uh, to forgive us. We prayed the prayer of repentance, uh, but now, God, we're entering into a time of remembrance. Uh, I'm going to remember your faithfulness. Uh, I'm going to remember you welcoming me out uh, of a place of Egypt. I'm going to remember you bringing me to a place uh, out of a wilderness journey. Uh, Lord, I'm going to remember uh, the time when there wasn't no water, but water began to flow from the rock. Uh, I'm going to remember when there wasn't no food, and all of a sudden, manna began to come down from heaven. Uh, I'm going to remember when I didn't have anything uh, uh, to provide for myself but you didn't let my shoes wear out you didn't let my clothes wear out uh, for 40 years I walked uh, I didn't have anything uh, but I had you uh, listen uh, we've forgotten uh, everything that God has done for us if we're not careful uh, but I believe I heard the Lord say that if the people of God will lift up their voice uh, in the time of the feast of tabernacles uh, that I'm about to show myself mightily unto them uh, Listen, uh, the blast that we heard uh, just a few days ago uh, was in the heavenly realm. Uh, but now the blast that's getting ready to come from the body of Christ uh, is the sound uh, that's getting ready to bring the final phase uh, to that which the enemy does not know how to respond to. Uh, can I tell you, uh, when the sound of the shofar goes, uh, it is believed that it confuses the enemy. Uh, but you and I have been given a voice. Uh, it is our shofar. Uh, and when we begin to say in the midst of devastation in the midst of a pandemic uh, in the midst of all uncertainty uh, when the church begins to resonate uh, for you are good uh, and your mercy endures forever uh, it begins to confuse the enemy uh, he says but I plotted this uh, and I've had this uh, what do they mean uh, that he's still good uh, that he's still worthy to be praised uh, it begins to confuse him in such a way uh, that he doesn't know what to do uh, but can I tell you uh, when you begin to give God praise in that manner, uh, it begins to do what Timothy did. Uh, you begin to stir up the gift that's inside of you uh, and the sound begins to be restored. Uh, the joy of the Lord then begins to be your strength. Uh, I'm going to preach while you sit there this morning. That's all right. Uh, because can I tell you, uh, we've come too far uh, to quit now. Uh, but we're in a season right now uh, where you got to push. Uh, I know the tolling may be difficult 
fault. Uh, but I'm here to tell somebody uh, you can't back up, you can't quit, uh, but you got to keep pushing uh, because we're this close uh, to the glory of the Lord uh, filling the house. Uh, get over the stuff uh, that's been haunting you this week. Uh, don't be so thin-skinned, uh, but get back to the place where you say, I am uh, what God says I am. Uh, I'm blood-bought, spirit-filled, uh, on my way to heaven. Uh, listen, uh, it's not about pleasing man, uh, but it's about walking uh, in the provision of God. Uh, it's time uh, to stand up uh, and lift your voice uh, and be the church uh, triumphant in this hour. Well, I just don't feel like it, preacher. I just don't feel like it, preacher. Well, can I tell you, in the midst of you're not feeling like it, God is still doing supernaturally on behalf of his people. We don't have to have goosebumps up and down our spine every day. But in the midst of my difficulty, I still have to know that he is good and his mercy endures forever. That's why David could write Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they what? They comfort me. He went a little further. He said, thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, but then he ends it. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, listen, uh, you don't have anything else to praise the Lord for this morning? Uh, let me give you something real quick. Uh, right now in the midst of your stuff, uh, in the midst of your overwhelmingness, uh, in the midst of your difficulty, uh, there's goodness on one side and mercy on the the other. Uh, every time you take a step, they take a step. Uh, you take another step, they take a step. Uh, I think I'll just begin to stand and say, for you are good, uh, for your mercy uh, endures forever. Uh, I got to tell somebody, uh, the sound's got to be restored to the house of God. Uh, you got to get off your feet and stand on your feet uh, and you got to begin to give God praise and glory uh, right in the midst of the difficulty of your life. The world is depending on the church to get it right, my friend. They don't need to see us in a place of uncertainty that they find themselves. But I will say this this morning. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. You say, is my voice really that important? Well, let's just see what happens when somebody lifts their voice. Luke chapter number 17, verse number 12, Jesus is walking. He's entering into a certain village, and there met him ten men that were leopards which stood far off. You know the story. In verse number 13, notice it says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Notice he responds, Go show yourself unto the priest and it says it came to pass as they went they were cleansed but one of the ten he noticed what had happened and he went and he fell down on his face at his feet and he began to give thanks he began to lift up his voice the second time 
And the word of the Lord came to him. He said, Arise and go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. There's a difference between being cleansed and being whole. I'm not questioning your salvation this morning, but I am questioning your wholeness. Because some of you are still living in your yesterdays. You can never go to where God wants you to be as long as you're still living back here. It's wonderful to pray a prayer. It's wonderful to experience the salvation of God. But it's another thing to begin to live in a manner where you begin to lift up your voice continually and say, God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. And you begin to bask in the presence of God and live in his presence. Notice with me, if you go back to our text this morning, 2 Chronicles chapter number 5, you find that when the people lifted up their voice, the cloud of glory filled the room. If we're not careful, we have a generation that saw the cloud, but they've never been in the cloud. They think it's reserved for an elect few. No. The cloud of glory is for all that will lift up their voice and call out to Him. The only thing that's keeping you from the presence of God is you. The only thing that's keeping you from a deeper depth is you. That's why Romans 12 tells us that we are not to be transformed by the things of the world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we do that? By staying with the Lord continually in our daily lives. But this is not just one incident. But if you was to read in your Bibles in Acts chapter number 16, you will find that Paul and Silas was going to pray. And there was a woman with an evil spirit that began to follow them. And she did it for many days and she began to say, These men, these men, they are righteous and they are speaking of the words of the Lord. And, and she was doing this, but it vexed Paul in his spirit so much. After many days he turned and he rebuked that evil spirit and it departed from her. And her masters, which she brought great gains to them financially. It disturbed them in such a way that they began to falsely accuse Paul and Silas and they was stripped and beaten and thrust into prison. But it says at midnight, in a time of darkness, in a time where we was on the brink of a new day, they began to sing and praise and call out to God said another way they began to lift up their voice in a midnight season and when they did it said the foundation of the prison house was shaken and all the bands was loose and the door swung open you know the story it didn't happen because of any other reason than somebody in the midst of pain and darkness chose to lift up their voice don't tell me a nation's too far gone or a city's too far gone. If there's a righteous man, if he'll lift up his voice, there can be a breaking of the bands. Does it stop there? In Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, verse number 14, we find that it was when Peter, standing up with the other 11, 
he didn't just stand, but it says that he lifted up his voice. And when he lifted up his voice on the day of Pentecost, he simply began to speak in this manner. He spoke with authority. He said, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. But this is that which the prophet spoke of. He simply says, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Why is that so important? Is because notice after he stood and lifted his voice and spoke with authority, 3,000 got saved in one day. Let me just give you this. If you was willing to break your silence, you might see 3,000 added today because God hasn't changed. But it doesn't stop there. In Acts chapter 4, you find that Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 had went to the temple outside the gate called Beautiful. There was a lame man. He was lame on his feet. They laid him there every day, and he was begging for alms. Peter and John said, we don't have any silver or gold, but that which we have, we give unto you. He simply took him by the right hand. You remember the story? It says that immediately strength came to his ankle bones, and he jumped up, and he went into the temple, leaping and praising God with them. It caused such a stir in that place that people, even the religious folks, they began to say, by what name have you done this? How has this happened? And they began to put them on hold, and they brought them in the next day, and they began to question them and drill them, and so much so they said, listen, you can't do this anymore. You can't talk about this man by the name name of Jesus anymore but Peter and John they lifted up their voice and as they began to lift up their voices how can we not share what we know to be true and then it says after they didn't know what to do with them they pushed them out said go on and they went and joined themselves with the church notice what happened when they joined themselves with the church in Acts chapter 4 verse 24 it says and when they heard that they had lifted up their voice to God actually it says this in verse 23 it says and been let go they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them and when they had lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said Lord thou art God which thou hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them notice and it begins to pray it says this in verse 31 it says and when they had prayed or after they had ceased from lifting up their voice it said the place was shaken where they was assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness Said another way, the same thing that happened in Second Chronicles chapter 5 happened in Acts chapter 4. When people began to lift up their voice, the Spirit of God came down and they were filled with the Spirit of God. Can I tell you right now what we need in America in the next 30 days uh, is the church uh, to experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God because it will quicken us, uh, it will guide us, it will teach us, uh, it will direct us uh, into what we should do in every area of our life uh, and we will emerge victorious and overcomers uh, and this nation will not go down in defeat uh, but it will arise from the ashes uh, and there will be an illuminating light from come from this nation once again uh, not from a political system uh, but from the church that was within her uh, and we will continue uh, to fulfill the great commission uh, and we will continue to raise up men and women of God uh, that will touch the world uh, and we will usher in the return of Jesus Christ uh, 
if we will lift up our voice. Uh, so this morning what I exhort you to do is simply this, uh, is to refuse to be silent uh, and to stand and begin to say in this season of my life uh, I will begin to decree and declare uh, that he is good uh, and his mercy uh, endures forever. Uh, and watch it begin to change uh, every avenue of your life. Uh, what I'm saying to you this morning, uh, the hope of saving a nation uh, is simply the sound being restored back to the church uh, where we begin to give him high praise, uh, not just in the morning, uh, not just at noonday, uh, and not just at bedtime, uh, but throughout the day, every day of our life, uh, that we began to do what we are instructed to do uh, in Psalms 150, verse number six. Uh, Let everything uh, that hath breath uh, praise ye the Lord. Uh, does anybody in this room have breath this morning? Uh, you might be tired. Uh, you might be overwhelmed. Uh, you might feel a weight upon you. Uh, but if there's breath in you, uh, I challenge you uh, to lift up your voice uh, and say, God, uh, you are good uh, and your mercy endures forever. Uh, because uh, when that sound begins to be lifted uh, and the voice of the people begins to be lifted, uh, it begins to touch the heart of God uh, and deliverance comes. Uh, how was the children of Israel released out of Egypt? Uh, he said this uh, to the man of God on the backside of the desert. Uh, he said, the cry of my people uh, has came up before me. Uh, when we begin to lift up our voice, uh, he cannot ignore us uh, and he does not desire to ignore us, uh, but he desires to move on our behalf. So I challenge you today to not be silent, but to lift up your voice. You say, is it really important? And I'm closing with this this morning. It's never been more important than now. There is a stirring and a moving of many things. But nothing can outpower the church of Jesus Christ and the people that make her up. It was just a few months ago, and I believe it's okay if I share this. I, all of you, for the most part in this room, have, for the last several months, was very much involved in praying and lifting up baby Lucy. Most of you have not ever met her. You saw some pictures of her. And uh, I did get to see her in person, and she is even more beautiful. And uh, she's precious. And, uh, and we know that the diagnosis and all of those things was, was not good. And Brother Warren and Sister, Sister Sydney, that's their grandbaby. And, uh, and they, they was praying along with us and along with people all over and everywhere, was praying and lifting up baby Lucy. And we kept getting good report after good report after the fact. And baby Lucy is home and has been home now for some time. But they, uh, they just went back to the doctor Friday, right? And uh, I won't take your testimony, but right in the middle of this message, you want to just give that report, one of you? I don't care. I'll put you right on the spot. What did they say?
Amen. When everything looks doom and gloom, when all of the report that you hear in the natural realm is negative and, and dark and, and no hope really to speak of, and it looks like it's prevailing, it looks like it's got its victory, but then the church begins to pray and begins to call out, all of a sudden confusion comes and uncertainty comes and the hand of the adversary has to loose its hold and loose its grip and now an authority begins to rise up that's bigger than this and healing begins to flow instead of sickness and disease and now all of a sudden you have professionals that is very persistent and saying this is what it is but now they're saying if we had not saw we thought we'd be looking at a different baby uh, how and why does that happen uh, it's because when somebody uh, is willing by faith to lift up their voice and say God in the midst of my difficulty uh, in the midst of my hurting uh, in the midst of my not knowing uh, you're still good uh, and your mercy endures forever uh, and we begin to lift up that sound uh, it begins to cause things to turn around. Uh, listen, uh, it's time for us to get beyond the norm uh, and realize uh, that in this season uh, we should shout aloud uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord of our lives. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They come to the music this morning and I'm, I'm finished finished this morning almost finished not only is he good not only does his mercy endure forever Psalms 95 and 7 tells us this he is our God we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if we will hear his voice. See, I believe that the reason for such silence in recent years is because we've lived too noisy and we've not heard his voice. But when we still ourselves, we begin to hear his voice. We began to get revelation of just how good and how caring, how loving he really is. And in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that, we began to have a different approach to life. This past week has been a very strange week for us, very challenging week with so many challenging situations with people that we've dealt with within our community. So many people that just felt hopeless, had nothing, had grown men sit in my vehicle and weep and cry like babies. Tell me they feel like trash. 22, 23 years of age. 
feels all alone. Nobody cares. Had one individual in my vehicle this week that had walked for two days, hadn't slept, other than laying behind a tree on a park and a little bitty blanket. No hope, no peace, no rest. Did a funeral this week for a family. One thought it was important to come and support a mama and three children that lost a husband. Sitting all alone, grief, overwhelmed. In another city, another funeral. Just hopelessness. wedding yesterday for some of Debbie's family. A joyful occasion, beautiful ceremony, beautiful wedding, beautiful setting. But just interacting with some of the folks, some I didn't know. One young lady, 18 years old, 19 years old, made this statement, I'm just going to try to do one thing right in my life. Everything I've done up to this point, I've been wrong. I just want to be able to say that I did one thing right. And we come and we sit silent. I'm not talking about being boisterous and loud and emotionalism. There's a time and place for that. We all know that. I'm talking about in our hearts... When are we going to really lift up our hearts and say, God, I really do love you because you've been so good to me. When I had nothing, he gave me everything. In my weakness, I've been made strong. In my times, I've been overwhelmed. He's came and been my peace and my rest. our nation is hanging in the balance today the generation is hanging in the balance today and I can guarantee you this the enemy is not going to be silent he's going to continue to give them everything he's giving them and everything he's giving them causing them to be dead by the age of 40 all you got to do is look through your news feeds and find out this one, oh, so successful in this area, but now they're dead at 33, or they're dead at 25, or they're dead at 19. Listen, what the world is offering is nothing but death. What we have today is life. What we have today cannot be substituted by anything, but we got to lift up our voice. Because hear me, the word of the Lord says that if he is lifted up, all men will be drawn to him. How does that work? When he is lifted up, 
men is drawn to him because when he's lifted up the glory comes down and if we would just begin to lift him up in our daily lives and in the house of the Lord when we assemble in true worship not out of a sense of duty but out of a sense of remembering where he's brought us from we began to lift up that voice much of what happened in 2 Chronicles 5 what happened in Acts chapter 4 I believe God is desiring to do even now in a greater manner and when the glory of the Lord fills the house the strongholds of religion is broken humanity bows in the presence of God and he gets all of the glory men begin to be drawn and those men and those women that will be drawn today that's your sons your daughters your grandchildren your nieces your nephews your fellow citizens of your city of your state and of your nation it means this revival fire begins to burn when and only when the church lifts its voice so today I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord psalmist wrote in Psalms 136 and 1 oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever this morning as we stand all over the house in your hearing one more time it come to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place for all the priests that were present they had went through the sanctification process and the Levites and the singers they was all singing the, their, they was playing and singing their songs but all of a sudden the congregation of the people when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and they praised the Lord. This is how they praised Him. For He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. It wasn't by accident that they said those words at that time. Because they knew what season they was in. They knew that they was in the season of the Feast of Tabernacles. And they said, how could we not say what needs to be said? Because not only are we entering into a new season... Not only are we coming into a temple, we're no longer going to be gathering in a tent, but now we're coming into a temple, a permanent dwelling place for the Lord. We're coming, something's new, something's different, but yet we're remembering where we came from. Here's what I want to leave you with today. September the 18th, we went into Rosh Hashanah. Monday, we had Yom Kippur. Friday, evening we entered into the Feast of Tabernacles and we're in it right now until October the 9th it's a brand new year it's a brand new season it means things of last year has come to an end and it is now a brand new beginning and in this new beginning we can experience something if we'll just lift up our voice. The day of Solomon, 
Feast of Tabernacles. The building is complete. We're going to bring in the Ark of the Covenant that has the Ten Commandments in it that was given to Moses on top of the mountain. It's all that was in it. We're going to bring it in and put it in the Oracle of the House. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new season. It's a brand new time. And in that time, when the people lifted their voice, the glory came down. You say, well, is it really that important? All I can say is this. God is a God of structure. God is a God of order. He always operates in a pattern. And at specific times and specific seasons, there is greater opportunity for certain things to take place. That's why you should get up at between 3 and 6 in the morning and pray. You'll be amazed at how much sweeter prayer time can be at 3 a.m. Let's believe that at that time, that's the time of the day that the Lord would come visit. Less interruptions. The world's a little bit more quiet. Young people, I challenge you to pray between 3 and 6 in the morning. That'll mess up your schedule. Please hear me. You'll find out that when you lift up your voice, it's heard in a very clear manner at that time. What am I saying this morning? I sense we're this close to the glory. I sense that we're this close in this nation as well as the nations of the world to experiencing and seeing His glory. That's why we're seeing so much activity and so much bizarre things happening all at once for no rhyme or reason. The enemy's taking everything he has and is trying to throw everything that he can. That's why the little bitty nation of Armenia this week has been thrust into another war that's been financed and really fought by the Turkish people because they're just trying everything in the world. But can I tell you, it won't be successful either because there's people lifting up their voice. The enemy's trying to stop what's getting ready to happen, but I'm standing here full of confidence this morning that this house, like many other houses, is getting ready to experience the glory. That's why there's such resistance this morning to what you're trying to accomplish. That's why there's so much pushing. You say, well, why is it easy one day and then hard the next? Why is it it flows one day and it doesn't flow the next? I'll tell you why. It's because he's not slacking up, but we are. That's why every day we got to be persistent. we got to push every day and say, God, every day I'm, I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to, I'm going to lift you high. Listen. Today I didn't come with a big message. I just simply come with an exhortation to tell you that if you lift up your voice, the glory is going to come down. And we will see supernaturally God move as he's moved for baby Lucy and many others in the last 30 days. It is just the beginning of what we're getting ready to see if we will willingly lift up our voice. So today... As they begin to minister in song, here's simply all I'm going to do. I'm going to make an old-fashioned altar call this morning. You can stand. You can kneel. If you want special prayer, I'd love to pray with you. 
Maybe you walked in here heavy today. Maybe you walked in here saying, man, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's worth it. I just don't know. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. Can I tell you that's a lie? He does care. God is good. He loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you that if you just call on his name, you can have life and have it everlasting. Today, he's still saying from the portals of heaven, come unto me all ye that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. He says, my burden is light. He's not a hard taskmaster today. He's just simply saying, if you'll come and call on me, I'm faithful to respond to you. Maybe everything's well in your life today. I pray it is. But even if it is well, don't you think we deserve to take some time just to thank him? Say, God, you've been so good. Paul, you've been so good. I have my health. I have my family. I have my church family. I have all of these things that's all around us. Oh, Lord, you are good. You are merciful. I believe he deserves to be exalted today, don't you? So as they minister in song, won't you come? Just have a time. Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Jade Abrams. I want to thank you for watching today. Feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us and get to know us a little better. And we ask that you subscribe if you'd like to this YouTube channel. And don't forget to click the bell for alerts anytime we post something new. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a good day.